This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Let's go. I've been told, by the way, that every single share that I have on Torah anytime starts with the words, okay, guys. <laughs> I, that's what I've been told. So, right, okay, well, guys, right over here. Parsh Yisro, guys, we're starting with 5778. It goes, A person should not desire the house of your friend. You shouldn't desire the house of your friend. You shouldn't desire the wife of your friend. His servant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, and everything that your friend has, all those things a person should not desire. So it's such a strange ending to the Sarah Dibros. You've got all the regular laws. Everything goes here. There seems to be a flow with the other four laven. Losirtzach, losinov, losignov, losanavarechai, chokir. And then all of a sudden it goes to the losach mode. And those things seem to all commit with one another. The losach mode is strange. To say that there's a mida over here. How in the world is a person supposed to stop himself from wanting something, desiring something? Everything else, I get. You can mention by all the other nine. It makes sense. This is, it's just strange. So we've shown him a few suggestions as to how a person can work on this love, how you can stop yourself from wanting things, being involved in these desires over here, a natural feeling that you think could somewhat be stopped. So the Spono says something simple. Pretend it's impossible. That's the simplest answer. Pretend it's impossible. If it's impossible and it can't be done, there's no way you're going to want to take it away or try to do it from something else. There's no way. Because you're going to say to yourself, it's impossible. I can't do it. So it's absolutely... Once a guy has it in their mindset that it's impossible, they can't do it. Now, David Nasser gives a muscle to explain this idea that the Sforno brings up. Really, the Sforno probably got it from the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra was before him. But the idea is like this. A villager doesn't have a desire for the princess of his land. Yes, he thinks she's beautiful. Yes, he would like, oh man, it would be unbelievable if I would become the prince. But like... Aladdin doesn't happen. You don't find like a magic genie somewhere and then all of a sudden like wish upon a star that you're a prince and then the princess realizes that she loves you for who you are and not the prince himself. No, that's a lie. Princesses marry princes. That's just what happens. A villager is not going to marry the princess. Such a person doesn't have that chemda, a desire to marry that type of princess. It just doesn't happen. It's just not like that. A normal person doesn't have a desire to grow wings and fly in the air. Yes, you might have a dream, like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if I drew, if I flew up in the air? But it's not a normal thing for people to desire because it's impossible. It's not something that you can attain. It's not something you can grasp. The reason why people don't have desires for their relatives, even if their relatives are good looking, is because they're so used to them and they know what they can and what they can't do. They consider that something normal, right? They would never have a desire for somebody like that. It just doesn't exist. The idea would be there. This is how a wise person should look at everything Thing that belongs to their friend. When they see something that belongs to his friend, be it his house, his car, his wife, or anything else he owns, anything else he has, you realize, you say, that's what's best for him, and this is what's best for me. And that desire slowly dissipates. Once you start thinking of it as, this is not in my grasp, it is beyond me to get the muscle of the princess, the muscle of trying to fly. I'm not going, no matter how much I wish upon a star for my wings to start flowing, it's just not going to happen. That's not a desire. That's something that normal people will be able to take out and that's that. His friend's wife becomes a princess that is unattainable. The car becomes the king's personal car, which I can't get. How can I grab the king's personal car? I'm not going to get the king's car. The idea behind that is that as long as you take advantage of the things that you have, then things go better. 
But once you start thinking about other things as possibly being your own, that's when the problem is there. So it's so easy to stop, says the Ibn Ezra. Think of it as impossible to attain. That's the idea behind it. The Abi Ezri says most of eros come from one of two desires. The desire for money and the desire, unfortunately, for znus, for arayas, for doing something improper. If you're constantly working on those two things, your desire for money and the desire for znus, if you're working on those two things, you'll find things get a lot easier. Says the Abi Ezri, that's what a person should concentrate on. It takes a lot of time and effort. But when you concentrate on those two things, things start flowing from there. Then things start getting better from there. Ksav HaKabola has eight set number two, a second bit of advice to be able to keep people away from bad things. The Pesach says in Shema, V'yahavta eis Hashem lo'kechu yafto lava karish baruchu b'chol levavacha, with all of your heart. All of your heart has to be used. It doesn't say bilvavecha, with your heart. You should love God with your heart. It says b'chol levavecha, with all of your heart. Now what does that mean? Says the Ksav HaKabola. He says it's easy. People have desires for things. But there's always something that can trump others, especially if it is the one thing that's behold, all of your heart is filled with this one thing. If you have a love for one thing in particular and that thing fills up your heart, there's nothing else that you can even put in. Yes, you can love. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. I love some of you. Right? That, that exists. That's out there, right? You can fill up a cup and add on the love there. But if there's one thing that's overarching, the number one thing that you love, that can trump anything else there. If a person truly loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the whole heart is filled with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says HaKsav HaKabala, then anything that Hashem wants for you or wants you to do will be able to go in and add to the love that you have. And anything that Hashem doesn't want you to do is not allowed in. See, if a person loves God, but you know, there's room for other things as well. Then if the heart isn't filled with it, then you can fill it in with things that are contradictory to your love for God. You have a love for God, but you also love znus. I love God, but I also love stealing. I love God, but I also love murder. Right? You can add on things that are obviously evil, that are wrong, but you just add on to them. You just put it on. But if your heart is filled, with it's impossible to put something else in. You want to stop yourself from desiring someone else, to stop yourself from being around these other people and doing these types of things like that? The idea is, is sit there and say to yourself, I'm going to love God fully, with everything I have. And if I do that, then all of a sudden things get a little bit better. Then things come into a different way. That's Haksav over here, because there's no way. I love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How could I possibly take something away from somebody else? There's no way that God wants me to have that or wants me to do that. The Beis Alevi, the Beis Alevi says something absolutely amazing. Beis Alevi, obviously the brisker, says, let's say... You really want a cookie. You want a cookie, and you see one across a lake that's frozen. There's a lake that's frozen over, and the cookie is on the other side. It's a massive cookie, and it's an awesome cookie. It's something that you really, really want. So you're going to start walking across the lake, the frozen lake, in order to get to that cookie. Now, let's say right in the middle of the lake, while you're right in the middle of the lake, and you're sitting there, and your mind is on that cookie. You're like, cookie man, that's 100% mine, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm going there. And then all of a sudden, you feel a crack on the ice. Crack on the ice. What's your thought process at that moment? You could care less about that cookie. You're getting off that ice as soon as you possibly can. Unless you're a fool. Unless you're an idiot. There's no way you're going to start running and still going like, I can still make it. That's not what normal people do. You're going to run away from the crack. 
You would never go that way. There's no reason to do... Why would you put your life in danger? See, at moments of pure fear, pure fear, when you have a fear inside, you're afraid of something, even the fear of falling, the fear of falling through the ice, you stop yourself from every desire there is out there. You can't want anything else because your mind is entirely focused on escape route. How do I get out? What can I do to get out? That's all you're thinking of. You can't think of anything else. Fear by nature is the biggest impediment to achieving your desire. Let's say, for example, you have a great business idea, an unbelievable business idea, and you're sitting there and you say, this is my idea. I want to do this and I know it's going to work. And you have business, you, have, you went through everything and you said, this is, I, I got it. Everything makes sense. But you're afraid to put yourself on your own like that. You're afraid to put yourself out there because who knows, maybe somebody's going to reject it. Maybe you're not going to get the money. Maybe somebody's going to say it's a dumb idea. If you're afraid, you'll never achieve what you want to achieve. You'll never be able to do it. Fear knocks everyone down, says the Beis Alevi. If that's true, there's such an easy way to get away from low sach mode. Don't desire something. How do you stop yourself from desiring something? Be afraid. Have a yiras Hashem. Be afraid of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. A little bit of fear will knock out every other isser that you desire in your mind. Even the fear of falling, it all goes through. And this is true about every creature on earth. No animal can do anything when it's afraid of something. If it's afraid of something, anything, it'll stop what it wants to do and start running in the other direction. It's true by animals. It's true by everything. And that throws out the, the assumption that everybody makes. You've probably heard this before and you're probably going to use it. You go up to, you to Shemayim after 120 and you say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what did you want me to do? I had a massive Yetzirah. I couldn't stop myself from doing those things. I have a crazy Yetzirah. You created me with too big of a Yetzirah. There's nothing I could do. You know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says? Not true. Yetzirah is the easiest thing in the world. You just needed to show it a little bit of fear. If you would have showed it a little bit of fear, you would have seen it was the easiest thing to jump over. It's really based on the Gemara and Sukkot and Bays. But the concept is, once it's there, once you're able to... Find that fear. Find that your mind that you can get through. Everything changes. Everything changes. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu has to do. What is a Kaddish Baruch Hu to do? Fear him. So fear him. Find that little bit of fear. Do it. And you'll find that everything else is so easy. Everything else just comes there. Now, I'm not... Time out, by the way. I can't tell you that I, have, I am now the expert in taking care of all of my chamdas and desires, and I have absolutely none. There's nothing out there because I clearly have that your mind. I can't tell you that I'm fully there yet. But a little bit of fear knocks out most. You just need a little bit more. I found, by the way, Webhaver is an unbelievable thing that was made. You guys all know about Webhaver, right? Right? You, you go ahead and you put yourself out there. You put yourself on Webhaver and it gets sent over to somebody else. There's a fear there. There's a fear. Because why? Because your rabbi or your friend or your spouse is going to see everything you've been on. They're going to see the websites. They're going to see the things you Googled. They're going to see all the different things out there. So there's a fear there. There's a palpable fear. Wow, if I do this, then somebody's going to see it. But I've noticed something amazing. Absolutely amazing. There's fear, and then there's fear. People that have me as their web cover, and Baruch Hashem, I'm able to be the web cover for about, I don't remember how many people. One, so a little more than that, right? And these people that I'm the web cover for, so one guy, he messes up. It happens. And it's big mess ups. It's not small mess-ups. I kind of think that I need a web cover for looking at the websites that this guy is, has me on for the web cover. I'm like, those words shouldn't be there. But it happens. Like, the guy messes up. So I write him. And I say, like, just know I saw. Right? And that's that. And then the next week, the same thing happens. 
Now, what's the pshat? How is it? How could he do that? He knows that I'm watching. And the answer is, he's not really afraid of me. He's not really afraid of me. He's not something like, what am I going to do to him? I'm going to go to his house, punch him in the face, and just be like, that's for the website, and then walk away? It's like a different type of fear. There's like a fear, but it's not a real fear. It, 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 there has to be more than just a little bit of fear. There has to be a palpable fear, something you can feel, a yiris shamayim, not a yiris onish. Because again, if you're thinking that every time you go on a bad website, Rabbi Zimmerman is going to walk up to your door and he's going to punch you in the face, or like kick you in the, nin, she, sh, the shins and just be like, listen, buddy, you can't do this ever again. Then I hear that. that. That might be like an actual fear. Like at any moment, I could be walking up to people, punching them in the face, like slashing their tires on their car. Should be an awesome life for me. But like, it, it would, I can hear that. But you need more than that. You need something that's really out there and you need to get that, that, that fear within you. The reason why this Zavir is part of the Aserah Zedibros is simple, according to the Mi'am the way the Mi'am says it. It teaches a great lesson in Samech B'chalko. You go through everything and you forget what it's like to be a normal human being. We see this throughout Tanakh. Achav has everything. He's the king of Israel. Very wealthy man. Has a wife. He's Zevo, who's an unbelievably evil person. But he was happy and he wanted his cousin's, nephew's, whatever it is, Neville's field. He really wanted it. And his wife ended up murdering Neville, murdering his family, and Akav ended up getting the field. That little bit of desire that he couldn't get over. And he's a king. He's a king. It's unreal. He wanted something that wasn't his, and he lost everything from it. He lost everything. Neville is the reason why Akav dies later on. It's a crazy idea of what happens. Not only does it that, like everything goes, the Nachash desired what Adam and Chava had. Do you need any bigger of a raya of what happened in the Nachash afterward? You see what happened in the Nachash. Kain, Korach, Doeg, Achitofel, Gehazi, Bilam, Avshalom, Adoniyahu, Uziah. You can go through Tanakh and you see this concept one after the other. These are great men. Sadiqim, who lost everything because they couldn't get over their desires. They couldn't get over what they wanted that somebody else had. That, is there any other reason to list this in the top 10? In, I don't want to say it's the top 10 because that's really not what it is. But the basic ideas of what humanity is based off of, of what a person needs to do in order for us to be as real, real Yehudim, real Jews to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's why it makes it up there. There are so many times you might be over on the Vera and you didn't even realize it. Grizz says, you all know this story. You ever heard this story? A guy is a thief. He's inside the Tzaddik's house and he's caught. The Tzaddik comes home, the Tzaddik wakes up, I don't know, whatever it is, right? And the thief starts running away and the Tzaddik runs out of the house, running after him. What does he yell? Macholach? No. He yells out, Hefker, Hefker. Hefker, Hefker. You guys heard the story as well. I, I heard Macholach also, by the way. But the Grizz says, the guy yells out, Hefker, Hefker. So let me ask you, this is what the Grizz asked. He said, why didn't he yell out loud, it's your gift, I'm giving it to you. It's a gift for you. Why wouldn't he have yelled that? Wouldn't that make sense also? Instead of saying Hefker, why didn't he say, it's your gift? You know why? Says the Grizz. Because if he would have yelled out, it's a gift, it's a gift, then you're right, he wouldn't be over on Los Sigzel anymore. He wouldn't be stealing anymore. But he would be over on Los Sachmod. That would be an Easter of Los Sachmod. Did you know that? Forcing someone to give something to you as a gift is Los Sachmod. You really like something. So, Prime, I really love your coat. Your coat is absolutely amazing. That, is that, that real? That looks real. That looks unbelievable. Wow. So, you know, I've been giving you Shurim for a while now. And, you know, I've never asked for anything before. Don't you think it would be like a nice thing to give to me? Like, if you already have, you know, you get another coat. That right there is low, if it works, is low Sachma. 
be- like begging from somebody to give it to you as a gift, or even to sell it to you, will end up being losachmod. So let's talk a little bit more. The Chavetz Chaim says, when Mechutanim get together, Mechutanim means the two sides, the Kalos family and the Chosun's family, get together to discuss expenses. Everybody's allowed to ask for whatever they want or say, I can pay for this, but I can't pay for that. I'll do this, I'll do that. Both of them can get together and they make their side. When they finish their Tanoim, when they finish their, here's what we're promising for the wedding, after they finish it, if they, what they end up doing is go to the other side and say, hey, can you do this as well? And they ask for the other side to pay for something that's theirs. And like, come on, it's our, you know, our chassan, our chassan and kawa, they're such great people. How about you take care of this as well? Once you do that, the tanayim are made, right? And then you add on to it, you make him do something like that. All of a sudden, that's low sachmon. Low sachmon is making somebody pay for something by making them feel bad enough to pay for it. Says a couple of times, people don't know that, people don't realize that. But that's part of losach mode. He says, even if the item isn't in your friend's hands, everybody knows from eBay, right? What do you do if you really want to grab something away from somebody else? You can snipe it away from somebody else, right? If you do that in business, a certain person is expecting to get a certain object or a certain house or whatever it is, right? A guy is expecting something. And you swoop in and grab it from him last second. He expected it to be there. And there's a reason for him to think that way. He really, he thought he had a deal. And then somebody swoops in and grabs it and takes it out. That's losach mode. That is low sach mode. Now, obviously, there are conditions to that. And I don't want to be able to give you a psak right up here. I'm not a Hoshan Mishpat guy, right? I don't know what I am, but I'm not a Hoshan Mishpat guy, right? So I don't know. I'm, I'm not positive that's going to work in every case. But the Chavetz Chaim brings that down as, a, as, as something you're going to get over here. But let's get back to the ideas. The Chizkuni says that these Debros are all connected to one another. And if you think about it, Losachmo does flow in the flow of how the Aseris Debros go. Now, both sides are separate from one another, so it'll go like this. Not only do you have to accept God as God, that's Anoche Hashem Lekecha, but you can't accept another God along with God. That's Okay? You can't have another God along with me. Not only do you, can you not accept another God as something else with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but you can't even swear to another God, swear while still believing in HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. I'm not going to worship that other God, but I'll swear and I'll do stuff like that. You can't even do that, Losisa. Not only that, but you have to follow what I want you to follow. You have to keep Shabbos as well, because that's what I do. I want you to follow in my footsteps. And not only that, but you have to honor those who are like me, and your parents are like me, and that's Kibbut Aim. You go into the other list, you can't murder someone. That's the worst thing you can do to somebody. You're killing them. You can't even do low sinuf. You can't even commit adultery and ask his wife upon himself or do some type of arias. Not only that, but you can't steal from somebody as well. And I know really it means kidnapping, but you can't steal from them as well. You can't steal. You can't even testify falsely to take away his money. And not only that, you can't even think that I want what's his and try to take away what's his in your mind and plot and stuff like that. Even if there's no actual loss of money that's happening, you're paying the guy. Even that is going to be us. So this is the Miyam Loez. He says, people make this mistake all the time. And really, this is based on a Gemara, in which it says, people think the Losachmod is. The idea is the Isra is only when you want to get something from someone else and you convince them to give it to you for free. Like I just did, right, with my new coat right over here from Ephraim, right? That would be Losachmod. But if I offer him money, then there's no Isser of Losachmod. That's what people think. There's no Isser of Losachmod if I offer him money. If I convince him to sell it to me, why is that Losachmod? I really, really want Ephraim's coat. He's not giving it to me for free. So I say, fine, here, take this money. And I force the money on him and I force him to sell it to me. And again, I make him feel bad enough that he's going to give me the coat. 
that's also lo sachmod, says the Gemara and says the Miam Loez. The idea is, is that's still lo sachmod. There is a Tosas in Sanhedrin, Chafei Amad Beis, that seems to argue. You can check out that Tosas on top of the daf. But it seems that this is also lo sachmod. And the Rambam mentions this as well. It is lo sachmod. This is the reason why, I, people remember, if you're suspected, right, regarding money, then we can't let you swear. If we think you're lying or we think you're stealing, we can't allow you to swear. That doesn't apply when it comes to Losachmod. You know why it doesn't apply in Losachmod? Because people don't know what Losachmod is. He's not Choshed Amamone. He's just a fool. Like, if a guy steals, we say, all right, you stole, we can't allow you to take a shvua, you're clearly no gabadaver, and you might lie in order to make a little bit of money. But Losachmod, if you're over on Losachmod, people don't even know what it is. They don't have a problem with it. They don't have a problem. They don't know what this idea is. You're posulatus me to Rabbana, but you're not posulatus me to Rice. The whole idea of Chashemona Chashemona doesn't apply here. It's amazing. Says that Yalas Shachar, Ravan Leib Shimon says that you're allowed to want something that someone else has. And you can plan on buying it somewhere else. Let's say I really see that coat and I'm like, wow, that's an amazing coat. And you decide, you know what? I'm going to go check it up. I'm going to see if I can find it on the internet somewhere. Again, clean, filtered internet or I'm your web cover, one of the three, right? But either way, but you're going to look up, you're going to look up something and you're going to say, like, I really want to find that coat. You're allowed to do that because you're not taking it away from that person, but you can't take it away from that person itself. Thinking that somebody else has something and he looks cool in that, that's okay. Like thinking like, oh wow, those sunglasses are something that I really, really, I don't know why anybody wants sunglasses, but let's say, like those are cool sunglasses. I love sunglasses. I'm going to get that pair of sunglasses. To say I'm going to get a pair like it is fine. To say I think those, that pair of sunglasses looks awesome on you is perfectly fine. To convince them to sell it to you is the problem. To convince them to give it to you is a problem. But to go ahead and get it yourself shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Says the Malvin. In this week's Parsha, it says Losach mode. In Parsha's Vaschanan, anybody know what it says? It doesn't say Losachmod, it says Losachmod by Isha, but it says Losis Ave, Taiva. What's the difference between Taiva and Chemda? They both mean desire. What's the difference between those two words? How does it work between them? Says the Malvam, Chemda is a feeling based on what you see. I see this coat, I see your sunglasses, I see something that you have, and I want it because it's something that you have. Says the Malvam, a Taiva is something that's almost irrational. I think you have it, and therefore I desire it. That could refer to almost like a generally speaking, like, oh man, Ephraim is so wealthy, I want Ephraim. This Ephraim this time, is that okay? That Ephraim is so wealthy, I want all of his money. It's a taiva, not a chamda. I don't see the wealth. I don't see what he has. I have a taiva for something that I cannot necessarily see. A chamda applies to specific things. A possession that he has, his house or his wife, or something like that. Well, a taiva is more of a general. You can't have a general taiva for what he has over there. The key is the difference is like this. Chemda means, I don't want my friend to have it. Taiva means, I want it for myself. Says the Malvin, the difference is, is that a person has a taiva for his friend's wealth or station. I want that for myself. A chemda is, is that I want to have, I don't want my friend to have it. Lo mode means, don't try to take away from your friend. Lo sisave means, don't even say to yourself, I just want what he has, even if you don't exactly see it. What's up? Even so, if it came through Losach mode, in other words, you plotted and planned to get it from that guy because you wanted what he had, even if you want it for yourself, but you wanted what he had, and you could have gotten it somewhere else, but you specifically want what that guy has, that becomes a problem. Unless the guy is willing and clearly willing to sell you what he has, right, it'll be a problem. 
so let's say you see something, you know, that coat, the, the coat over here, right? You know, it's an $100 coat and you offer him $1,000 for it because if Brian wore it, that's amazing. Like if Brian wore that, I'm going to pay you $1,000 for it. So again, it depends. Is a Brian willing to sell or is a Brian not willing to sell? If he's not willing to sell and you're pushing him to sell it, low stock mode. If a prime will, is willing to sell, and I think most people would be willing to sell their coat for a thousand bucks if it's not worth a thousand bucks, then there shouldn't be an issue of low stock mode, right? That shouldn't be it, at least according to what they're saying over here. The reverse says the famous one that I think you've all heard of before. The difference is, is lotis ave is a thought process that will, I guess you can say, possibly lead to an act. Low stock mode is actually doing something based on a desire that you have, really doing something, forcing him to sell it to you. The Rambam mentions in Losa, say, number 285, 265, anything that wants and impresses him, automatically it's going to be over. The Chizkuni says, you can prove this from the fact that it talks about the person's wife. You can check out the, tosa, the Chizkuni yourself and see what happens over there. Now, let's go into a couple other cases. The Tosefis Brocha asks, why are you not over on this love, right, in Losach mode? If you want to marry your daughter off to your friend's son, right? And you say, man, my friend has an unbelievable son. I want that son to be my son-in-law. Why is that not losach mode? No, it's interesting. Losach mode for a mitzvah, you're saying. Yeah. Can you do losach mode to get a mitzvah away from your friend and keep, take it for yourself? Now, in this case, it's not exactly taking it away from your friend, right? Because he... Marrying off his son should be fine. But the real issue is, is taking that son, right, that my friend has, that's an awesome son, and wanting him to live in my house with me, to be part of my family, how is that not low sachmon? There might be a mitzvah in marrying him off, right, and marrying off to your daughter, so you get that mitzvah. But nonetheless, low sachmon shouldn't be able to push away, or the, I, I guess it's the asi say, but I don't know if the asi is exactly a accomplished at that moment when you're doing low stock mode. It's not, because I have the low stock mode right now. So probably wouldn't be Asi Dohalose. So right now, right now, before they get married, how is it not low stock mode to plan, plan an idea how to convince that guy to have his son marry my daughter? That would be the idea. Ben, what's... The same loss to be a flag flag escrow. You see a friend who has the most... Very good call. An estrog that somebody else has that you plan on getting. So hold on. So the Tosefis Bracha asks this thing, why isn't it there? He answers that this Isser only comes up when there's a possibility of Gezel at the end. By the Esrog, that'll be a major problem. If you think all the way through, how can I get that Esrog, and I force my friend to give me the Esrog, that can be low sach mode because there was a possibility of Gezel at the very, very end, right? The guy at any point could say, no, I don't want to give you this, right? That's the idea. In that case, that's a problem. Over here, it's different. By the marriage, it's different. A father cannot protest on a son deciding to marry a girl. Can't make the protest. If it's a girl over the age of 12, right? Can't protest. If the girl or the son decides they're going to get married, the girl over the age of 12 and a, and a son decide they're going to get married, the father can't say anything. Can the father have a say in the matter? I mean, for my kids, yeah. For everybody else, you hope, right? There should be a say in the matter. But it's not lo mode, says the Tosefis Bracha, since it's not in his hands. You're not stealing anything from him. You're not stealing. There's no possibility of stealing his son away from him. I know we say the vernacular. It's almost like, well, I'm taking the son away from the father by marrying him off to him. It's not really true. The son makes a decision on his own. So having a plan in how to get this guy as my son-in-law is good. But what you can't do is, if the son-in-law is being courted by another family, a future son-in-law, a guy that you want as your, as your cousin, right? Your cousin for your daughter is being courted by another family. 
You can't swoop in there and take them away before anything happens. I don't know what the exact ramifications, you know, what, what, what the parameters are for such a thing. I don't know if it's like before the engagement or after the engagement or right before the engagement. I don't know when it would be. But if you see a certain family involved in a certain shidduch, and you say, that guy, I need that guy for my daughter. And you get in, and I'm not even saying you make rumors. You just say like, oh, by the way, my daughter's on the market. And the guy's like, your daughter? Wow, no way, I'm in. And he goes, and he decides to marry your daughter instead of that other girl. That could be over on Los Achmod. Might be worth it. Such a great cousin, such a great son-in-law. I'm sorry? Because Los Achmod is, meaning the concept is, is that you're taking away from the other person what they already have. They're taking away that chassan. Here, so you're right, but what we said before was, at least according to the way the Chavetz Chaim said it is, if he's expecting it to happen, and it's going to happen, and that's why I said parameter. I don't know about the parameters, yeah, I don't know what the parameters are and how to happen, but if there's some way of knowing that the guy was expecting this to happen, it was all there, etc., and you swooped in and grabbed it away, that would be a problem. But again, parameters-wise, I don't know how it would be, but that's the idea behind it. You've got to be so careful with stuff like that. So it's, it's very, very, yeah, what's up? How do you buy anything from anyone? How do you buy anything from, no, no, no. If a person's willing to sell, if a person's willing to sell something, guy puts something up on eBay, or a guy is selling something in a store, Right? That guy wants to sell it. It's not like you go in a store, right? It's not, yeah, of course you can bargain. First of all, we're Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So, and second of all, right, aside from that, you go into a store, he's what, it's not like you go into a store and it's like, how much is that? Oh no, not for sale. How much is that? Not for sale either. How much is that? All right, <laughs> like, you would leave. Everything is up for sale. If something is for sale, something for sale, you're perfectly fine. Okay, he's trying to sell it. That's fine. Then there's no issue of you saying anything like, sell me that item. That's what he's doing. He's trying to sell you the item. Remember, low stock mode is only... Yeah, exactly. He wants you to do... So, again, low stock mode doesn't go the other way. It doesn't go by the seller. Low stock mode goes by the buyer. The buyer cannot try to take away something that somebody doesn't want to sell or take it away from another buyer. Right? So we're only going with the buyer here. We're not dealing with the seller. So when it comes to the buyer himself, the buyer is sitting there and he's saying, well, I want that item. Well, if it's for sale, good. And if it's not for sale, then it could be low stock mode. If you go, this is a, a great example because somebody just brought, oh, Shuki, you were the one who just sent me that. You just sent me this picture. There's a, uh, there's in the animal store down on Tui, you know, the pet shop over there. There are certain animals in that shop that are not for sale. They're not for sale. It's like they're zoo items. They have like certain animals that are there, just part of their whatever itself, right? Okay. Let's say you go inside and you're like, I want to buy that, uh, that animal. They're like, it's not for sale. I think you want me to buy that animal, right? And you force them and you're just like, listen to me, buddy, okay? You're selling me that animal. And I don't say by force. You're just like, come on, we're good friends. Don't you want to? And he's like, no, I don't really want to sell it. It's not for sale. It's not for sale. And you push him, you push him, you push him. And eventually you get him to sell it to you. That could be low stock mode. Now, if it's something where the seller's like, oh, no, I don't want to buy it, but if you make me a good enough offer, then 100% I'll sell it. That's different. That's not low stock mode. The guy wants to sell it. He's just going to sell it for a good price. He wants it at a certain price. Yeah, Moshe. A desire for something spiritual, you know, something that's not physical in front of them? I, I, that, that might be a question I won't have to deal with. If it's a monetary issue, the answer is yes. If it's not a monetary issue, which this doesn't necessarily sound like, I don't know, right, then probably there's no issue, but I don't want to say it without looking inside. I didn't see that case. Yeah, Ben. Is it low stock mode 
while he's pushing or until it actually sold? So very good call. Lo sis ave is when you have the desire in your head and whatever. Lo sachmod is when you do it. You're not over on lo sachmod until you actually get him to sell it to you. Plotting and planning. There, I shouldn't say that for sure. There are Rishonim that say plotting and planning is lo sachmod, but it's not the act. You don't get the... The lav of Los Sachmopoli, it's still us, sir. This is, you don't get it fully until it's right over there. Now, the punishment for this lav is very interesting. Let's go into the punishments and then the reward over here. Talking about mentions three different punishments. When someone does Los Sachmod, number one, the government will come and seize his property. Okay, that's number one. In some way, this is Mita Kenegamita. You wanted something that belonged to something else, so the government wants something that belongs to you. Number two, it causes people to lose their own money because they're concentrating on what the other person has. They don't work on themselves at all. They end up losing money from it. Number three, there's an issue of gullus. You try to do low sock when you take away something from somebody else, gullus comes to the world and everybody lo- leaves their land because of it. The Kliakr says the result of this Avera, if a person does low sock when he's going to give birth to evil children or not going to give them any honor whatsoever. This may be because his thoughts are always about other people. Since his, since his thoughts are always about other people, even his children are affected about that. It affects his with his wife, says a Kliyakar, and therefore the child born from such a relationship in which he's thinking about other people the whole time is going to be an evil child. It may also be because someone wants something that other people have, he won't give away his money easily. The children will never get what they really want. They'll feel like they play second to anything the father desires, and therefore they don't love their father. So there might be a bad relationship over there. On the other hand, there's a crazy reward for someone who doesn't become jealous of others. It says in Gemara Shabbos, Kupnam Bezim Abez, Kol She'ein Lo if you do not have jealousy in your heart, Ainat most of Markivim. Your bones do not rot. Your bones don't rot. Yosef Atzadik expected him to have, to himself to have bones at the end of Parsh Vayichi and the end of and the beginning of Parsh Beshalach. He expected atzmos atzmos saimizayitchem. Take away my bones. It may be because there was a little bit of jealousy that Yosef Atzadik had for the Shvatim, and the Shvatim had a little bit of jealousy for Yosef Atzadik. There's a Rishon that says that because of that little bit of kinah that causes Markivan Atzmosa, because he had that issue, and I don't know if it's low Sakmo per se, but it's the kinah involved, then you run into this issue, all of a sudden if it's Atzmosa of Markivan, that's what ends up happening over here. Otsur Plos, the Torah brings a tremendous Chassam Sofer in Shuvis, Yoradea number 337, who was asked by a Kohen, who went through a backyard of a non-Jew. Listen to this. He went through the backyard of a non-Jew. As he's walking through this backyard, he sees a grave. And on the grave, it's a Jew. The Jew was buried there 400 years ago. He's a Kohen. So what's the problem? Can he walk into that area? Because clearly, there was a bit of a cemetery there. Maybe there were other graves in that area. Maybe there's other people there. Can he walk around in there? And especially, could he walk on that area? What does he do if he walked on that area? Says the Chassam Sofer. He answered, you have a cheskas kashras. Listen to this. You have a cheskis kashas. We can assume that that guy who was buried in the ground, even though it was 400 years ago, and what happens after 400 years? It decays. The bones rot. You assume he doesn't have enough of a body to be metame mes. According to the chassam sofer, you can assume he never had jealousy. And if you don't have jealousy, what happens? You don't rot. Which means that the body is a full body, so that the coin can't walk there because there's tumor. <laughs> Sounds over Paskins that you can assume that this guy never had kinna, and you can assume he's still alive and alive. His body is still full in the ground, and therefore you can't walk on top of it. The Minchas Lazar, the mooncatcher, he asked in Chilakal of Samach Zion, how can you assume anybody's on that high of a madrega? You can assume that somebody is on such a high madrega that he's not going to rot after he dies? That's crazy. It's not something you can assume about people. He brings a racist chachma. The Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, this is what it says, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak found a mound with a body that didn't rot in it. It was in the schus 
that he was never omid al-midos of his whole life. That when people made fun of him, he never made fun of them back. He never said exactly what he needed. He just did. He learned Torah his whole life, etc. How can you assume, said the moon catcher, that everybody is like that? How can the Chassam Sofer assume that that's that? You have a cheskes kashus, not a cheskes chasidus. How in the world could that be? He adds in a Sefer, Divrei Torah, Madura Dalid, Osayin Vav, that although bones don't rot, the flesh definitely rots. Only by great tzaddikim do we see that the flesh doesn't rot for hundreds of years. He says when the Hungarian government told them to clear out a cemetery near Munkach because they wanted to make a road there, they found when they were disinterring some of the bodies, they found a woman that they had taken out who was known to be a very tsunua woman who did not rot a bit. She must have been a very tsunua in which she didn't have any kinna for others and therefore she didn't rot. The same went for a man. There was a tzion that just said the word tzaddik. And they opened it up they saw nothing, no rot whatsoever. A person who doesn't have kina, doesn't have this issue of low sach mode, that person is going to be okay. The shock says the reason why this is last is because if someone, when someone has chemda, it's so easy to be over on all nine of the previous vibros. You have chemda, you desire other things, you're going to murder, you're going to steal. It's going to be hard to keep Shabbos. It's going to be hard to honor your parents. You're going to find it hard to believe in God. That's what happens when a person goes there. Rip Hirsch says this proves that the Aserah Zedibros was given by God and not by man. A man cannot command you not to desire. It doesn't make any sense. A man doesn't know what you're desiring, what you're not desiring. But a Kaddish Baruch Hu can. A Kaddish Baruch Hu put this in the Aserah Zedibros to tell you, I'm God, I know what you're doing, I don't want you to have those thoughts inside your head. That's a specific, it's a negative commandment done there on purpose to let you know that God made it. Tom Vidas from Strombach says, this means that the first and last mitzvahs of the Aserah Zedibros are both thoughts in the head. What's the first mitzvah of the Aserah Zedibros? Believe in God. What's the last? Don't desire. Everything else is a misa. Whether it's a negative precept or a positive precept, it's a misa of some sort. But the first and the last, the Aserah Zedibros starts with the machshava and ends with the machshava. Starts with believing in God and ends with this idea over here. This is the idea. If one truly believes in God, he'll never want something that doesn't belong to him. And that's really going back to what we have over there. That's the real answer as to how a person should work on himself and go through over there. I'm going to end with this. The Chassam Sofer says there are 620 letters Altogether in the Aserah Zedibro. 620 letters. Quotes is from the Hakdomah to the Smag. 620 letters. Why 620 letters? Because you have 613 mitzvos and you also have the Sheva mitzvos. B'nai Noah. 620. He adds that the last words in Lo Sachmod, Asher L'Reyecha, stand for the seven, seven mitzvos Midrabanan. What are the seven mitzvos Midrabanan? So the Aleph stands for Avelos. The Shin stands for Simchas Chosen Vikala. Right? Avelos. And then Sheva Brachos slash everything we do for a wedding itself. The Reish is Rechitzas Yadayim. You're supposed to do Netiles Yadayim for bread. The Lamid is for Lechem, that you can't eat Pas Akum, Pas Vagoy. Reish stands for Rishuyos, which includes Eruvah Chatseros and Eruvah Tchumen, etc. Those types of things, Shitufim Yavos, etc. Ayin stands for Amalek. And the very end, the Chaf Sofis stands for Kohanim and the miracle of Hanukkah that happened through their efforts. That that's that Sheh L'Riachah, you have the other seven mitzvahs to Rabbanon that are added onto that. All right, guys, we'll stop with that for right now. Have a great job.